uh, don't want to see another report like this ever again, that we had been able to drop the rate of overdose deaths before the pandemic does give us some encouragement that the measures that we had put in place before the pandemic were taking effect. That was the voice right there of the NDP's Minister for Mental Health and Addiction, Sheila Malcolmson, speaking to today's report on the 2020 overdose numbers that we saw here in British Columbia. 1,716 people lost their lives as a result of an overdose last year, the highest we've seen in any given year. And that number in Kamloops as well, we saw 60. The previous annual high was 46 for people losing their lives to illicit drug overdoses. So yeah, safe to say the problem was exacerbated in 2020. To speak a little bit more to the situation, please to welcome to the show now the opposition's official, uh, the official opposition's critic for mental health and addictions, Trevor Halford. Trevor, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Thanks for coming back on the show. Appreciate the time, as always. Now, um, yeah. yeah, just, I guess, initial thoughts on today's uh, number report that we saw. Um, obviously, devastating to hear. Not a surprise, because we had been following yeah. these numbers throughout the course of 2020, but to see it all, you know, come to, to culminate here today is uh, pretty tough to see. It's, uh, it's extremely sobering, and I think that uh, it's a very, very high number, but I, I think that, um, you know, for each of those numbers is a is a life that we've lost. Um, it's a brother. It's a sister. It's a it's a husband. Uh, it's a mother. It's a father. Uh, so it's um, is really really difficult when you hear a number like that. But when you put the names to them, it's uh, it's absolutely devastating. And I think that's probably one thing that I often struggle with too. When I when I kind of go over the statistics, is I you know I see them as statistics, but you know you're right. Yeah, the names they're attached not. to it, right? They're not statistics. They're they're humans, and I think that's the biggest thing is that they're they're humans that have had a struggle, and uh, from every single community. And I, I heard you mention um, the numbers out of Kamloops, and I've seen them at home here in White Rock and Surrey, and uh, no part of the province is immune to this uh, pandemic crisis, and it's uh, it's it's very very alarming. Now, I know you haven't been on this file for all that long, right? I mean, we just yeah. named the shadow cabinet uh, a couple of months ago here, but yeah. over over your course of, of your time trying to get familiar with it, I mean, how have you felt about what you've read and what you've seen in terms of the NDP's response to this? Obviously, the uh, standalone uh, ministry is still pretty fresh, um, but it's not that fresh anymore. It's, it's not that fresh, and this is not a new government. This is a government that's been there for a number of years, yet they continue to treat it like it's it's new. I, I think that, uh, you know, I heard the minister's words there, and I, I think they're very authentic. But, um, you know, until this ministry is funded like an actual ministry, this is one of the lowest funded ministries in government. The premier's office has a bigger budget than the Ministry of Mental Health and Addictions. Now, that's that's a sobering statistic, right? And when you look at the, the you know, the lives that have been lost in this, and like I said, we shouldn't look at these as statistics. We should look at these as lives, but we should be treating this ministry as an essential ministry. And right now, we clearly are not, by the way, as resourced. What, uh, I mean, um, I'm trying to figure out how to say this properly because I know this issue has come up before and uh, we've had the premier on our our morning program a number of times and I know this issue of of properly funding this ministry was talked about and he basically throws out the excuse that, you know, it works all in conjunction with a number of other ministries. So therefore Um, it's almost funded throughout, you know, other pockets as opposed to just mental health and addictions. How do you respond to that? Yeah, I think that that's, uh, that's an excuse. 
Listen, I think everybody everybody understands the premier included, the minister included, that we want these, you know, we want these numbers to go down, and I and I, I accept that. But we also have to make sure that we're putting the proper resources in, and we got to make sure we're putting in. You know, there was an announcement on recovery beds, which I applaud, but we don't know where those recovery beds are going to go. We don't know when those recovery beds are going to be in place. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of talk from this government. We're not seeing a lot of action. And, uh, you know, for me, it's we need more than words at this point. We need resources. We need funding. And, you know, the Premier talks about cross-ministry approaches, and that's important and that's essential. But what we're hearing is a lot of silos. What we're seeing is a lot of silos. We're seeing wait times for kids trying to access psychiatry. Right, we're seeing wait times for people to get help on on mental health issues, and you know, mental health is not something that can wait. It's not a back injury. It's not a knee injury. It's an urgent need, and right now, this province isn't treating it like that. Where do you think other levels of government come into play here as well? Um, I, I spoke earlier in the show. I had uh, Kamloops North MLA uh, Liberal House Leader Peter Milibar on talking about this. And, you know, the feds do seem like they're, they're lagging behind in this issue as well. Yeah, I think all governments, all levels of government have a role to play. And municipalities have a role to play if they, you know, if they have localized police forces. Uh, you know, I think that all the federal government has a very large role to play in terms of, you know, when we talk about issues like decriminalization and some of the healthcare funding that they put out. So we all need to be at the table and we all need to have a, you know, cross government approach to how we're going to get this done. But the, the main thing is, is that, you know, we need to have a, an all hands on deck approach. And it's, you know, it comes from every single, whether we're looking at prevention, harm reduction, recovery. Uh, enforcement. These are all things that need to be talked about. One of the issues I always um, think about when having this type of a conversation is, you know, we see a lot of housing um, needs being out there, right? Mm -hmm. We have a lot of people being kept housed, being kept warm at night, very critical. But oftentimes there's a a gap that exists between getting people housed, keeping them alive, to actually getting them treatment, getting them sober. Um, How concerned you hear a lot about that from from um, municipal officials like there's just seems to be a difficulty in connecting people from you know keeping them alive services to actually getting them help type services well i do a lot and uh, you know one of the things i look at and you know when we talk about issues like recovery and recovery is 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 very important in this process for you know individuals at the most vulnerable stage to to accept and get help and go through treatment in some cases that treatment can be 90 days And what happens when those 90 days are up, right? Where do they go? And where do they go in to make sure that they're they're not going to relapse? Because that is when they're at their most vulnerable. So those are all issues that, like I said, and like you brought up, is that all governments at every level need to be involved in those to make sure that we've got the proper resources in place to deal with this. And housing is a big component of that. Well, Trevor, I really hope that, uh, you know, we see some more work being taken on this file. It sounds, you know, when you just look at the sheer data, it looks like a lot of progress was being made in in 2019. And yeah, the pandemic definitely obviously threw a wrench into that. But um, there's definitely, you know, you can't use that, I think, as an excuse here, right? I mean, you got to do more work, put more boots on the ground to make sure people are are getting the help they need. No, and yeah, and and like I said, is that we have to really look at kind of as we come out of this you know, the COVID-19 pandemic is what support do we have in place? Because, you know, you look at some of the you know, the kids that are in the school system right now, whether it's elementary or high school and even at the university level, a lot of them have, have you know, really, really suffered with their mental health. 
And we need to make sure that when that happens, that one, it's being recognized, but the second thing is that we have the support in place to help them through that. Absolutely. Well, uh, um, while I have you here, Trevor, I do want to shift gears yeah. a little bit, and I've been talking about the overdose crisis a lot here on my on my show here today, so it's been a very difficult yeah. uh, couple of hours to get through, but sure. uh, just to, yeah. to change topics and maybe move to a, I'll say a lighter note, but it's still a tough one, and that is the issue of skip yeah. the dishes here. I had you on when you first put forward your private member's bill on this situation, yeah. which was uh, quickly basically discarded by the um, uh, NDP, the government of the day here, and, and they put forward their own bill to cap fees for skip the dishes at 15%. They put a time frame on that. I believe it was three months, if I remember correctly, a 15% cap on the delivery fees that uh, could be charged to restaurants. And not long after that cap comes into place, we see a 99-cent BC charge being added by places like Skip the Dishes. First and foremost, what what was your reaction when you saw that? Were you surprised? I know I was surprised to see that. Uh, I was dumped on it like i at a at a point where we're trying to give restaurants a break because they have been really hit hard um through this pandemic and uh you know a lot of this has you know a lot of this awareness has actually come from uh the two mlas in your riding both todd stone and peter milbar and i know todd's spoken at this at length and mm-hmm. so has peter that um enough's enough like we we did not need to wait until late December, early January to do this regarding the, uh, capping the, uh, capping the charges. There was no reason to do that. Both of us, both parties agreed that this was the right thing to do. We agree. It was one of the few issues we actually came to agreement on during the election. Mm-hmm. And yet when I put forward the private members bill, there was silence and they waited till the house was adjourned and then they did it, which there was no reason to make restaurants continue to suffer through that time and play politics with the issue. The fact that Skip the Dishes is now putting forward a 99-cent surcharge, to me, it's it's an absolute slap in the face to the customers, and it's a slap in the face to the restaurant industry that's already suffered enough. And, I, you know, the one thing I'll implore your listeners to do, and I know it's something that uh, Todd and Peter both do, I do as well, is, you know, when you're using the restaurants, I just go and pick up my food. Mm-hmm. Right. I go and, uh, you know, it, it's not deterring me from using restaurant services, but it is deterring me from using third party uh, apps to get my food. Yeah, absolutely. I have a, a colleague in our newsroom here who says he has, you know, things like skip the dishes on his phone and he uses it to use to, to look up menus. And then he just calls the restaurant themselves. So there's still a yeah. tool, but you don't have to give your money to skip the dishes. That's for exactly. sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's it's bad faith and I, I don't appreciate it. Um, do you think that your private members bill would have been able to avoid some something like this or was this just uh, you know something that was not really on um, the radar uh, I didn't you know to be totally honest with you I would have thought that a company um, operating in British Columbia would have had a little bit more sense than to do something like that I I don't really understand the basis of it of adding an additional surcharge at this point uh, and then you know blaming uh, blaming the legislation I, I don't think that makes a lot of sense yeah well I, I'm hoping we can see something done about this because uh, like I said I know there is a, a time frame on that cap that's existing right now uh, so something's gonna have to change when when another bill does get passed here absolutely awesome stuff Trevor well appreciate the time thank you so much for coming back on the show always love having you and we'll do it again soon thanks I hope so thanks guys all right all there. Best. Yeah, there is Trevor Halford, uh, MLA there for Surrey White Rock, and he is the official opposition critic for mental health and addictions.